This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hey, Scott, before we start the show, I want your help with something. Let me guess. Let me guess. It's the survey thing again. By the, the way, survey. in the digital world, you don't need to survey anything as you can measure everything. Don't they have tech people here at Vox? Oh, my goodness. That's right. It's the last week of our survey for Recode Decode, and we really want to hear from anyone who listens to this show. We really want your feedback. Fill out the survey. Win a, win a trip to Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. No. Scott, they fill out a survey and tell us what they think of it so we can make changes if we want. Do you really want. want feedback? I don't want no, feedback. No, I do not, but I do. I do. <laughs> Others do here, and it's that's so okay. fine. I, I okay. honestly know. I don't care okay. what anybody thinks, but that's okay. Anyway, um, you can do it on Twitter, but seriously, if you listen to Recode Decode, please go to recode.net slash pod survey. Yeah. Will you please do that, Scott? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Leave now me alone. Th- Enough okay. already. Enough I want to make sure they heard the URL. That's recode.net slash pod survey. Go. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And this is Aunt Becky. <laughs> oh, you love that. You I love don't. that. I don't like it. She got. She was in court this week with Felicity yeah. Huffman and others. Yeah. So, by the way, that's the beginning of the revolution, income inequality. Oh, come on. You start shaming rich people. Yeah, it's a right. little ridiculous. They're how shameless. Much they're how do you shame shameless people? Give me a break. I know. They'll enough be, already. They'll, they'll come out on enough top. Enough already. They don't care. They don't care. They can What's be. next, Bob Saget? Come on. Leave him alone. <laughs> He's a, Leave he's a dirty alone. bird, I understand. That's what I understand. Well, yeah, that's called being a man in Hollywood. No, but he's a – you didn't think, you know, whatever his name is. Have you seen Neverland? I'm totally – No, my kids today. saw it the other night. I fell asleep and my kids watched it and then were traumatized for the next two days. Well, you, having not seen it, you've seen yeah. it because guess what? what? A guy with a glittery glove who hung out with monkeys uh-huh. and Ferris wheels and had a little kid sleeping in his room. Yeah. He molested them. Spoiler yeah, alert. I know. My kids Spoiler were alert. particularly disturbed by how uh, – uh, It's uh, really disturbing. Yeah, I didn't really – uh, haven't seen the second – yeah, that's what everybody says. And then they moved back to Game of Thrones for the week, <sighs> which just premiered the new, the new season. Last premiered. night and I wasn't invited. And no, I know all these people right. at HBO and I wasn't yeah. invited. Anyway, um, anyway, let's get to big stories speaking yep. of dismembering people yep. um uh facebook again once again what have you heard have you, oh, uh, so any much. news here every day it's the like same? they something they, i think they kept it on a hard drive and gave it to like the russians like all the all the information about everybody there was a, there was a several hack stories yeah. and everything else and then of course mark zuckerberg wrote a wrote an op-ed in the washington post asking to be regulated please yeah. regulate me um, except on his terms, obviously. Um, so that was kind of odd and strange. And I just, it was very presumptuous that he should sort of start to talk about this. And of course, 
the way I read it was that he wanted to have every, them clean up his mess and yeah. help us paint his fence. So I, I, I noted on CNBC, we don't want to paint billionaires' fences for them. Yeah, so, the Tom Sawyer thing. Yeah, 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 it's just weird. I don't know. There's a there's so there's a he's, lot. He's here. in Europe too. He's in Europe. So the the Facebook so Facebook is the digital Donald Trump, and that is any one of these things would be disqualifying for yeah. most people. Yeah. But because Ooh, every two one. or three days you hear something outrageous, you become numb to it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, he said something ridiculously racist. Oh wait, he is a racist. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, he also yeah he also attacks people. He yeah. also he is pushed over an old lady know, just, at the intersection. Yeah. You just keep hearing all these things, and because it's one after the Wells Fargo, did, you know, the whole loan doc scandal. Mm-hmm. Their big mistake was not being, you know, m- more. Uh, felony, you know, not doing more and yeah. more bad stuff repeatedly because yeah. what happens is you become numb to it. And that's what's literally happening. Well, I don't think everyone can get away with it. But you're right. It's, it is an astonishing every week there's something different. You're like, what did they do again? Yeah. Didn't they do that already? Really? And yeah, you know, yeah. I agree. And this, this, now he's, he's appearing like he's doing an interview with George Stephanopoulos and stuff like that. And whatever. He's, he talks a lot. He gets out there a lot and says almost nothing because these, these, these are not challenging interviews, let's just say. And, um, and so he, they, they do, they keep talking or they post op-eds or something like that. So they're, they're active too. So it's not like they've hiding, which I think is really they interesting. They have 600 PR and communications people. They do. They do. I've visited all of them. And it might be 700 by now. Yeah. And by the way, that op-ed, yeah, yeah. it was brilliant. It was really well written. Uh-huh. Well, let me, let me be clear when I mean brilliant. The, the strategy that has created a couple, a quarter of a trillion dollars in shareholder value, or at least preserved it, mm-hmm. is very simple. Delay and obfuscation. If they were more mm-hmm. honest, we would start calling Mark Zuckerberg delay and Shell Sandberg obfuscation. <laughs> they they eight, resent that. They resent that characterization. Just so. Well, yeah, I resent genocide of my kids being addicted to your bullshit. So <laughs> uh, anyways, you have Zuckerberg. All right. Yeah. New privacy and security controls are coming. That was yeah. eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And then when people started getting angry, they, they employed the ultimate nuclear weapon of mass distraction. This incredibly attractive, incredibly compelling, incredible personal story weapon called Sheryl Sandberg that said, hey, look over here, everybody. And for about 24 to 36 months, if you went after Facebook or Sheryl Sandberg, you were sort of implicitly going after all women. So mm-hmm. no one wanted to say anything bad about Facebook because they're yeah, public figure. A hundred percent. You go after Facebook, you're going after Sheryl Sandberg, you're going after the entire overdue conversation about gender imbalance in the workplace. People got fed up with that. Now they move to, okay, we're building this nation-state security screening apparatus. Remember how last year, a year ago, they're talking about they're hiring tens of thousands mm-hmm. of people to screen their content. Have you noticed we haven't heard anything about that recently? Because yeah. clearly, you had exactly the right term. You said, okay, this has gotten away from them. This right. whole thing has gotten away from them. So that's not working. So what's their next excuse? I know. Let's throw up our arms and say, you know what? We need to be regulated. You guys need to regulate us. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, and this is a tactic and it's brilliant, the incumbent who sits on uh, you know, a half a trillion dollars in market cap can shape regulation to yeah. create a barrier of entry and benefit the incumbent. This is what – this is my new concept I'll be writing about soon, apex predators. That's what they do. They That's an awesome their... term. Thank That's you. my new Instagram handle. Apex Actually, I'm starting a boy band called Apex Predators. <laughs> well, they are. They're like whatever's the they're nervous about. Whatever's going to he, he he recognizes there's a threat here, and so that's when he acknowledges fear like when he when he wants to like you know he put he puts his head down a little bit like that kind of thing and i but thought again it's it's more distraction because yes i would agree i think it, it, i think it'll be interesting to see 
what regulation happens. And I do think there is regulation, especially among the Democrats. Um, but it's, it's an interesting time for them. Like if they can, yeah. if they can, you're right, the Donald Trump, they can just be noisy long enough. People will forget the last 50 things that they did that violated privacy. But having like, like there was one story this week about them having, um, a lot of information on a text file on an Amazon server. You yeah. know, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you careful with this data? Like, what, but, but, like that's, that's your job. It, it reflects the gestalt because the gestalt at Facebook is this hacker mentality, incredible creativity, incredible uh, engineering talent around the development of these incredible targeting tools. They do have some outstanding things about their culture. They also have a culture of, you know, do just don't care. If it has privacy, just don't worry about it. If there's anything yeah. around security or controls, it's an open platform. We're a platform. We're not a media company. And you see all these things happening everywhere. And it's pretty clear that no one ever gets compensated. As a matter of fact, they probably get punished if they say, hey, you know, there's 40 million accounts on this public AWS yeah. server that people get access. It's just like, no, we don't really want to hear about that. You know, meanwhile, here in Washington, it's Joe Uncle Creepy and uh, and whatever. Who's Uncle Creepy? Who's <laughs> orange, Uncle Creepy? orange and origins. Uh, Joe Biden. Uh, you know, it's uh, okay. funny being here because it's like that. I'm going to delve into these people. waters. You think Uncle Joe's creepy? You think no? You, it's what they're calling him, Uncle Creepy. This. I didn't. I don't really? know. He, I, it's stupid. He was. He's. He, I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. Do and exactly. you think it's uncomfortable and creepy? I think women just haven't said stop it, and now they're saying yeah. stop it. Like yeah. it is uncomfortable and creepy when people do that. I've had yep. it happen to me dozens of times. And yep. you just have to be like, oh, God, you fucking asshole. Like you just right. – you literally right. – like it happens all the day. It's like – and now people are like, wait a minute. Why am I putting up with this? There um, you go. So uh, the other story obviously is in this genre is YouTube, which a great story mm-hmm. by Mark Bergen who used to work for Recode many moons ago. Not many moons ago, recently. Yeah. Um, and he wrote a story about uh, – he had covered Google for us and now this is a story about YouTube that, mm-hmm. that he's done for Bloomberg. And it was, uh, it was interesting about how – there was a number of – it was very scoopy because Mark's that way. But it was all about um, – Stuff they've done to have plausible deniability in the company over their yeah. free-for-all platform and how they how they were looking into things that would increase virality and in increasing mm-hmm. virality would increase toxicity um, and how they wanted to like look away and not see the filth that co- goes over their system. It was really interesting. You know, it's – it's it's it, it, they probably see it a different way. I know they see it a different way. But it really is the idea of like trying not to see what you're making, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you're making cigarettes and it's killing people. Oh, they're not – you know, that kind of thing. Like it's, it's that kind of mentality. But, but there's a – this is part of a broader trend and I think it's a dangerous one that needs to be revisited along the lines of antitrust and breaking these guys up is that non-competes, non-solicitations, forced arbitration, you know, this gestalt of don't put it in email. We never yeah. want to actually have any evidence that we've actually acknowledged the problem because then we have to deny that we knew there was a problem or acknowledge we knew there was a problem. And all of these things uh, accrete power to the incumbents and the biggest players because you should be able to leave and start your own firm. You should be able to, you know, the non, quote unquote, the non-solicit, the informal non-solicit that Jobs had with Eric Schmidt at Google, they said all that does is suppress wages. And I think all these things need to be looked at because the, yeah. the, the key to our economy is that smart, talented young people leave big firms yep. and start new firms. Yep. And yep. If something bad happens to them at work, whether it's, you know, Uncle Creepy or if it's intimidation or if it's reporting on a topic that's sensitive, they don't get stuffed into arbitration where it's not public. And so these all of these things need to be visited because at the end of the day, all they are is weapons of mass entrenchment across very powerful corporations. 
Yeah, I agree. One of the things that was interesting, I did a, a live podcast thing this week in Washington about AI, and one of the people was from the AI Now Institute who also works at Google, Meredith uh, Whitaker. And she was talking about um, the idea of employees stepping up. You know, she was one of the leaders of the Google walkout, and mm-hmm. she was talking about the idea of people stepping up and saying things and not and being whistleblowers within these companies. And that, that's why the story at YouTube was interesting, is they didn't want people to look into the dirty parts. Like, they didn't yeah. want them to... One person internally had created a tool that showed how popular alt-right sites were that veered into white nationalism and they didn't want to know like that that, they didn't want to know what was actually going on and you know that there's is there gambling going on in this place kind of idea and so she was talking about the idea that these that she has a lot of faith in employees of some of these companies coming forward and this is the case in the story coming forward and saying you know there's all kinds of stuff they're doing that they say one thing publicly or create these panels or content moderation, uh, you know, super bodies to help us figure it out. And it's a lot of its PR versus what they what they really are doing. So 100 percent. Interesting. All right. When we get back, we're going to have a new thing called Friend of Pivot. Um, We're going to take a quick break now and we'll be back to our show. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. All right, I'm here with Scott Galloway, who is in New York City. I'm in the District of Columbia. Um, we're going to have a new segment there. We want to test something out new this week and talk to some friends of Pivot about some new ideas. As you know, Scott and I practically live on Twitter. This week it was filled with tributes to Nipsey Hussle. He was a rapper and entrepreneur who was killed earlier this week. A lot of the tributes are about how he was using his money to invest in tech and STEM education in low-income neighborhoods of Los Angeles. So we called up Afrotech Editor-in-Chief John Ketchum to talk about the larger trend of how young black entrepreneurs are investing in tech. So Nipsey Hussle was a staunch advocate for STEM and entrepreneurship and its impact on his community. He founded Vector90, uh, which is a STEM program and co-working space in uh, the Los Angeles area. Uh, He was very, very vocal about the impact that technology and entrepreneurship um, could have in his community, both economically um, and in terms of education. Over the past couple of years, we've seen a big trend um, of these young Black celebrities, young Black people with money, um, really seeing tech and entrepreneurship as a way that we can, quite frankly, catch up. So there are a lot of other entertainers, musicians, and athletes who are involved in the tech and entrepreneurship space. um, And you know, using those things as an engine to uh, to drive change in their communities. So, for example, Serena Williams, she just became an investor in the Bumble Fund, um, which specifically targets female entrepreneurs of color. Another example of this is Steph and Aisha Curry. Their, their foundation just launched a scholarship that goes to a young girl in the Bay Area who is going into STEM education uh, for college. And another instance of this is Rich Dennis, the CEO of Sunday 
Dial Brands. He's working on a project to turn Madam C.J. Walker's house into a hub for women of color entrepreneurs. Uh, this is a bigger trend. A lot of young black folks with money uh, are seeing the benefits that come from these two areas, uh, and they're trying to make sure that you know everybody gets a piece. I think Nipsey was committed to showing the world uh, that the people in his community were geniuses. Yeah, this is this is something that you know I followed for a long time. I, mm-hmm. Oddly enough, one of the uh, one of the early investors, honestly, was MC Hammer. Was around mm-hmm. at a lot early yeah. in the internet age. Was around. He was uh, friends with Ron Conway, who's a big right. investor. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's a, a, ch- a chance. The rapper was doing it. Um, uh, Maverick and and LeBron James. Um, all kinds of you know, a chameleonaire is in the Lyft IPO, for example. There's there, there's been an interesting. Trend this way, it's not nothing very big though. It's like it's 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 it is celebrities like Serena Williams or Steph Curry and his wife. Um, you know, there's they're focusing money there, and and there's been, but it's still been up and down, which is you know the real power still remains within a small group of largely white people in Silicon Valley. So it's it is interesting when you start to you know yeah. I just did an interview with um, the. Um, why combinator you know they're trying to move money in different ways yeah. or trying to 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 get money into into other talent that they're not mm-hmm. doing the same thing and it's a it's a very difficult and slow moving thing largely because they pattern match you know with the people they're comfortable with and and I, i'm not sure how this can change but it's it's really really important that people start thinking this way because and i'll finish with this one of the things gene case who just wrote a recent book said is that it's not a question of talent it's a question of opportunity every time yeah. and it's not yeah. talent because there's talent everywhere 100 percent. so there, yeah there's a lot here and i <clears throat> i mean initially when i saw the notes i didn't like this story and that I, that was the first time i heard the the gentleman from afrotech speaking and it is it after hearing him talk it is it is a nice story it's an inspiring story the the first thing is that strikes me is you know, you go into a low-income neighborhood and role models and who the kids are going to aspire to be. If they aspire to be athletes or entertainers, there's about a 98, 99% unemployment rate in those industries. Whereas if you, if you can create a role models around investing in tech or tech entrepreneurs, there's about a 99% employment rate in those industries. And I think that anything that helps lower income and middle class kids aspire to be tech, you know, tech entrepreneurs is probably a pretty good thing. Yeah, uh, definitely. definitely. And then the, what you're talking about, aggregating the same people. My gosh, did you see that New York Times article with the infographic around who benefited from the windfall of the Lyft IPO? Oh, no, I didn't. Tell me about oh, it. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's somebody, powerful. What it was, it's literally the same fucking dudes. Yep, it is. It's like <laughs> the same, oh, who made a billion dollars? The guy at Graycroft who made a billion dollars off of Salesforce yeah. and Adobe and yeah. Amazon. Oh, yep. what do you know? It's Jeff Bezos. Oh, what do you know? It's this white guy. It's Sequoia. I mean, it's yeah. literally the same dudes. Yeah, they are. Over and over You and know over. my saying, don't you? It's not a meritocracy. It's a meritocracy. But you have – so as, a, as an asset TM. class, as an asset class, venture capital has returned zero. It's been totally flat. It's been a terrible asset class mm-hmm. because it's not only a small number of firms that are accreting all the wealth. It's a small number of people at a small number of firms who get all the deal flow, are included in every deal. Everybody wants Mark Andreessen on the board. Everyone wants A16 or or Andreessen Horowitz or everybody wants Sequoia. 
And as a result, they get more deal flow. Uh, more money. They can more raise capital. so much money. It's the same white guy. It's the same endowment from Yale that are accreting all of the revenues, who, by the way, doesn't expand their enrollment. They just triple their applications so academics like me can be drunk on exclusivity. And right. the wheel spins, Kara. The wheel the spins. The wheel spins. Uh, that is true. The wheel spins. I, I did an interesting podcast with Arlen Hamilton and, and Wendy Davis at South by Southwest. And Arlen, there was a story later about Arlen not being able to get the capital she is. She's a, she's an African American woman who's been trying, was doing a VC, who's a VC. And the difficulties she faces are quantum, you know, I mean, and there's all kinds of like who's good, who's not good, who's not good. But, but she gets harder time than others who are either equal or lesser than her. It's really an interesting thing. And so, so it's very hard. The idea of c- collecting capital and, and, and having it available and doing it as a matter of course and seeing talent where it isn't, there is, I think, a real – if someone could really crack this idea of, of finding talent in places that it's – that everybody isn't fishing in the same fishing hole would be – to me, it, it's one of those things that could – not just here, globally too – um, it's really – people have tried it, but it's always done in not the biggest way. It just seems like we're leaving behind – we're leaving a lot of talented people. Anyway, wins and fails. Okay. So Go let's for talk it. about – so a couple wins, a couple politicians. Okay, uh, Mayor you do Pete. Those. Yeah, love him. Wow. Is asked that him to guy code. I've asked him to code. Mayor Pete, come to code. Wow, My sons so love Mayor Pete. My sons were impressive. going on about Mayor Pete last night. His CNN town hall, super impressive. And let's talk a little bit – about Mayor Pete, despite his youth, mm-hmm. he has more executive or elective experience than the president. He has more military, more well elected leadership, executive, uh, hands-on elected leadership experience than the vice president. By the way, he had the ultimate, the ultimate uh, one-liner, to basically summing up Mike Pence, and that is, he said, and I'm going to try and be careful, do this justice. He said, "Did Mike Pence stop believing in Scripture when he began believing in Donald Trump?" Uh, and I'm like, boom, that just mm-hmm. perfectly yeah, summarizes so his book is amazing. The hypocrisy that is Mike Pence, who believes Jesus is coming back. And well, Mr. Vice President, if Jesus does, in fact, as you believe, come back, he's going to find your office and throw up on you. Yeah, that's probably gonna, Jesus is going to be this pissed. guy. So Mayor Pete and the other guy mm-hmm. who I think is a big a winner this week. Uh, and then I'm just a huge fan of is Colorado junior senator Michael Bennett. I love Michael Bennett. You know that. He's fantastic. He announced he's uh, battling prostate cancer oh, and no. has decided that he's likely going to enter the presidential race. And as I think happens, and one of the reasons I love or I embrace atheism is I think a finite nature of, of your own mortality makes you more deliberate and more grateful yeah. and makes you less fearful. Yeah. And I think this guy said, you know what? I have something to say. I can contribute. And he's basically saying to, you know, he's basically saying to cancer, you know, I, I, I can beat this. And we have such a wonderful science, the warm hand of science. Now more people survive cancer than die of it. And I'm sure the Republicans will go after him. And I'd like to remind them that a 71-year-old obese man is going to die a lot sooner than a 54-year-old man who's healthy, who's struggling with prostate cancer. So Mayor Pete and Thank Senator Thank you, Dr. Bennett, Scott. That's right. I Let play me just one say, I have spent some time with Michael Bennett. He actually happens to be the brother of James Bennett, who runs the New York Times opinion section, who's sort That's of my right. boss a little bit, where I write there. Um, he is so brainy. It's I had such a delightful discussion with him. He's like, he's super brainy. I think it's really yeah. interesting. These are two very brainy guys. Um, That's right. White guys, nonetheless, but still super brainy, super not scared of their brains, uh, not scared yeah. of talking about smart things. And, and so, really good people. 
Anyways, wins. Who are your wins? Do you have a win? I'm sorry. Yes, I did an interview uh, with Rose Marcario. She's the CEO of uh, Patagonia, and I loved it. She was she's, she used to be in in the finance, and then she's now running Patagonia, which is a hugely successful uh, clothing manufacturer and really cool stuff also. Um, and they, they do a lot of moral stances on things. And so she's, they're refusing to sell their power vest to some high tech, uh, high up, uh, tech and finance organizations, which I the love. The Patagonia thing? Yes. And she, oh, she yeah. was great. She calls people out. It's like, and they're doing really well. They're very, okay. it's a really interesting way you're talking about this idea of being woke. They've been woke forever. They, uh, and they stick with it no matter what. They sue the president. Thing. They sue this. They do this. Uh, anyway, this one, this is an audio clip from the interview I did with her a year ago in, um, in Portland, Oregon. You know, business needs to stand up. They can't be quiet. You know, this is, this is what makes me mad about the tech companies right now. Right. All right. We'll talk about that because that's where I come from. Yeah. Um, so explain your weenie uh, concept. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, look, these guys, what's Zuckerberg worth? $60 billion? What okay. What's Larry Page worth? $100 billion? I don't know. Like, we're talking about billions of dollars. Yeah. They create, you know, they've made so much money off this platform. I don't know. I, I, I have family in the, you know, in the military that fight for this country. And it's our democracy that's at stake. And we got attacked and we got attacked on their platforms and they haven't done anything about it. Mm-hmm. They won't step up and explain the problem. Mm-hmm. They won't, they won't come out and in plain English and say what they're doing about it. And it's pathetic. So why- that's why I say they're weenies. <laughs> I love That's her. Powerful. She was That's saying really this hard. long – this is where I sort of got my – when I started writing about this a lot was yeah. she impacted me because she was like – she just said it plain and she's this amazing uh, – just a, and, and by the way, Patagonia is doing great as a business yeah. too. So you don't have to like choose one or the other and that's why I really like her and, and the whole company. Yeah, I Thank liked you. her. I like the emotion of her. So Patagonia, I love this. So for, So – I want to switch this back to my favorite topic, me. Mm-hmm. When in the early 2000s, I was advising. <laughs> How good you funds. look in Patagonia. But there you go. And uh, you'd bring in, and I, you'd bring in all the analysts to hear your idea, and they were all wearing Patagonia fleece vests or or a Patag- Patagonia vests, and they all. It's so hilarious in finance. They all have like a tattoo or a nipple ring, or they wear leather things around the wrist because they basically want to say, "I'm hip." I have at night. I have friends in fashion. And I'm, I don't want you to think I'm lame because I can't find a more interesting way to make a living. So they all have these like quirky things and they literally all wore Patagonia. And I think that different sort of PG-13 derivatives of uh, bigotry are taking hold. And a few of them, first off in tech ageism, but also I think there's an emerging feel or emerging ism of coolism. And that is, for example, the Soho House here in New York have basically kicked out all members who are in finance. Mm -hmm. And Patagonia a little bit here is saying, if you're in finance, we don't want to do corporate wear for you. And I do think Mm -hmm. it's sort of a little bit of an ism. By the way, if you want to, I'm convinced that corporate wear branded apparel Mm -hmm. is saving thousands of marriages across (laughs) the United States. Because if you're at a conference and you see Bob and you want to kiss Bob and you start going over and Mm -hmm. Bob's wearing Oracle Cloud Stack t-shirt, you're like, that's it. I'm not not having anything to do with Bob. So literally corporate wear has saved millions of marriages around the United States. But Patagonia, that's a form of bigotry. I mean, the, the whole like, we're not Basically, this whole thing started. They, they're backtracking, but they're basically saying we're not going to put we're not going to put vests on people in finance. All right, last one, which you think is a fail, but I think it is not a fail. I think it's a win. My son loved it. Elon okay. Musk dropped a rap about Harambe on SoundCloud this week, and my kids loved it. Although yep. some people did not. R-I-P, Harambe. 
I like my kids loved it. So this is one of our predictions. I think this is we said this is South by Southwest. I think this is the year that Tesla literally comes. Yeah, they undone. had some trouble this week. Um, so, I think tes- Tesla so let's comes- go to predictions. So, 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 uh, so this is you were right. This is they had some trouble. They had a lot of trouble this week. Yeah, but I think I think sometimes it's it's darkest before it's pitch black. I think <laughs> Tesla is really about to come undone because <laughs> going Jesus. back to the going back to your conversation yeah. around uh, talent. You know, the team of the best players wins and every player is leaving Tesla. And despite the fact we think he's one of our new Jesus Christ, agency or excuse me, greatness is accomplished in the agency of others. And all the others are leaving Tesla. And that's a very negative forward looking indicator. Other big fail, Karen, I know I you just, love the I guys. I still think he has done more to move this forward. I had this argument yeah, with the Ford agreed. CTO this week on, in a podcast. That doesn't mean like, Tesla can't fail. Tucker built a great auto company. Where's right, the Tucker? It's Tucker. It's much more important than that. I'm just uh, okay, gonna, I get it. Uh, better I get planet, credit here. Place. They can say all they want as they were going to get into it. They None of them were until they Tesla was turned. Interestingly, I, I, I hit a Tesla this week in my car. Driving, driving. Good for you. That's why I'm getting rid of cars. You, you gonna have a hard, I was thinking they're going to have a hard time getting it fixed. That oh, that's, uh, you know what? You get, a, you get a free just pass. A I think your insurance company shouldn't raise your rates if you hit a Tesla. Just a little dent. It was just, but I did. It was like, oh, my God, it's a Tesla. I can't believe it. Anyway, prediction, Scott. I predict I'm not going to hit any more Teslas because I'm not driving anymore, but go ahead. Okay, so look, I think the whole ride-hailing space, the combined mm-hmm. market capitalization, and this is kind of a fail, the combined market capitalization of Uber – and Lyft, as of today, in the private and public market capitalization, is greater than American, Delta, Ford, Embraer, which makes awesome planes, by the way, Matson Shipping, Royal Caribbean, and add in, I don't know, add in like JetBlue. Mm-hmm. That is not sustainable. And by the way, and I know you like these guys, I don't know them, but the Lyft website and the IPO said great things can happen when something great, when great people do great things. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. you. This is what has <laughs> happened with the Lyft IPO, all right? right Those guys collect a billion dollars. Do you know what the drivers are getting? I know. I agree. Okay, hold on. Let me. Cause mm-hmm. I'll tell you. I've done the you research. Me, I actually read the damn prospectus, right. unlike anyone who was stupid enough to buy that stock. Right. You have – if you've read, if you've done a thousand rides, I'm sorry, ten thousand rides, you get a thousand dollars. So you put those guys, put those CEOs who are new billionaires in the back of a car, and every time they do a ride, have them throw a dime at the driver, because that is what they're doing. And they claim, oh, but wait, ride hailing gives flexibility to the driver. Well, let me tell you something, boss. As someone who's hired hundreds of people, and I'm really being indignant and virtue signaling right now, mm-hmm. giving employees flexibility doesn't exonerate you from. Providing health care insurance or minimum right. wage protection. Okay. Ride hailing care is literally the tobacco of the gig economy. We figured out a way to sequester the 4,100 mostly white, mostly college-educated ed- people with their mostly white, mostly college-educated investors so they can split $24 billion, mm-hmm. the value of Chrysler, while the 1.4 million mostly non-white, mostly non-college-educated people get flexibility in eight fifty an hour – and the founders throwing a dime at their head. Fuck you, Lyft. Oh my God, this was the most fantastic <laughs> scream fest. Oh, uh, I haven't seen. eaten. I haven't eaten. Where's well, my that's Chipotle? Clear. That's clear. Um, uh, Too much? It, no, it's fine. Too it's fine. much? It's fine. It's fine. It's good. You like those guys, right? I, no, I think the finances are insane. Like, come on, anyone can read, do math. I can add and subtract. Uh, I think they're going to get bought. They'll get bought by someone. Have you sold the Fiesta? What? Have you sold the I have moved back to San Francisco. I have my neighbor selling it for me. Yeah. Huh. My neighbor is a car guy. He's going to sell it for me. Bob. Nice. Nice. Bob, sell the car. 
Yes, and then I'm going to give away the money because I just did something like a climate. Oh, change. by the way, our predictions. So we had okay yeah. predictions. So right, prediction. last week we predicted. Okay. Now I feel bad Lyft that I was so down. I was so profane around Lyft. I don't right, hate them that okay. much. Okay, <laughs> okay. So they're very nice I feel guys. Bad. You it's like when I get angry and then Uber I get depressed guys, the next day. Maybe um, you could have been mad at the Uber guys, but um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm just mad at ride hailing. Right. I think it's a giant income inequality vehicle. But anyways, sorry. So we predicted that. Lyft would come out at 100 bucks. We were wrong. It came out at 90 And our prediction is within six months that it gets cut in half at least. Yeah. And then other prediction, and this is the most underreported story of mm-hmm. the last week. Did you notice what Amazon is doing? Did you notice the new skills that Amazon has released? No, tell me. Healthcare. Six new skills uh, in healthcare, including basic yeah. healthcare information on kids. They are now mm-hmm. – Amazon is now HIPAA compliant. Oh, really? So prediction, Amazon stock up 50% on the back of the Jedi mind trick they're about to perform on the most inefficient, most disruptible industry in the world right now. And that is the three and a half trillion dollar healthcare industry. Well, because when Amazon, all of a sudden, when you show up and, and you have the Amazon show and it says, hey, and 80% of wealthy households have, have an Amazon Alexa device. And it says, right. would you like to hear more about, would you like to lower your healthcare costs by 50%? Yep. And Amazon says, hey, we've identified They're you. They're going to sell us everything. 100%. But everything. all they need to do is threaten, just threaten to sell you healthcare. And uh, the incredibly inefficient insurance industry, where 45% of costs are around administrative costs, not the actual delivery of healthcare, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is about to get taken to the woodshed, Kara. I would agree with you on this. So predictions, Tesla Tesla way down and Amazon way up on right. the backs okay. of, of healthcare. Big health. It's coming. Anyway, Scott, as usual, we will talk next week. There's so much. I have a lot going on next week here in D.C. I have yeah. many famous politicians to see. Who's rubbing your feet? I, no one's rubbing my feet. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be – I have a lot. I've got, I've got an event in New York where Oprah will be, is going on right after me, which I'm very excited about. And I'm interviewing uh, some uh, some people about Facebook's platform and the difficulties of it. Some really amazing people, as you'll see. I cannot see. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I am going to be going to a very big political event where I will be interviewing a very big politician. Well, it's small. Wow. If that, small if that didn't sound so incredibly boring, I'd, I'd ask you who. <laughs> it's going to be it's Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you managed to get out of this week without getting fired. It's great. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you well go. played, Scott. There but you go. there's hopes for next week. Anyway, Rebecca Sinanis produces his show. Nishat Kurwa is the executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week with more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Pivot on Apple Podcasts. Like me more. Scott less. That's fine. If you have to do that, please do. All right. Easy. Easy. Thanks. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.